Welcome, I'm Joe Greer, Pedro Jose Greer, Cuba Pete, and welcome to another session of Cuba Pete No Laughing Matter. The idea of this program is to bring accomplished, fascinating individuals from the community to help us set up a curriculum. What do we need to do to make this world better? What do we need to do to make physicians better? What do we need to do to make the life towards resilience for everybody in this country? And also, what role as we as physicians should play in society to calm America down, to bring people together to come up with solutions? Well, I have a fascinating guest today. So Al McCants, originally from Detroit, I have to say that because my son's fiance is from Detroit, who got her bachelor's at uh, Oakland University in psychiatry at Rochester, Michigan. She is currently the senior paid search specialist at Caesars Entertainment. You're going to have to explain to me what that is. Okay. And she's an African-American woman of trans experience. She is a person that is totally devoted to her community, including at Caesars, where she organizes the, the different groups there for Pride Day and things of that nature. She uh, sits on several boards in the Valley that are all there to uplift individuals in the LGBTQIA plus community. She's a board member of Equal, a business interest uh, group for Caesars LGBTQIA plus employees, the one I was just mentioning. Pride Tree, a safe space for LGBTQIA plus students and allies where they can build community and learn about themselves. And Bright Star Foundation, which provides low-cost transitional housing. In other words, she's at every spectrum helping out our community for those that need help. And by the way, I would say that would be 100% of us. So, and I am honored by the fact that this year in January, she was recognized as the Community Hero of the Year by Complete Sport Diversity. Is that true? Congratulations. That's excellent. So as a medical educator, help us, help me reform curriculums to make better physicians for the future. And should physicians be playing a role in society where we try and calm down all this rhetoric that's going on? Because that converts into hate. And hate within itself, I believe, should be a disease. It's contagious, it causes harm, and it can kill people. And what role do we have with that? And as a uh, person with trans experience, how horrible is it to fill out your information form and it just says male and female? Absolutely. So I do think healthcare plays a role. Um, my transition was life-saving for me. Um, I was at a point in my life where it was either transition or kill myself. Um, and so when someone like myself or within the LGBTQ community goes to a doctor, I feel like there is a responsibility to address their health issues, but also deal with, you know, whether they're identifying as lesbian, gay, bi, trans, deal with their sexual identity or orientation. Um, and then for someone like myself, as a woman of trans experience, dealing with what transitioning looks like. It's more than just um, hormones that I take, but um, there's things that I, I deal with 
you know, coming out at work, you know, friendships, relationships, uh, issues with my family, those kinds of things that, um, so you have to look at the whole person and not just, okay, they're coming in to check because their blood pressure is high. Um, you know, we're people just like everybody else and, and, um, but ours is a little bit nuanced based on us being LGBTQ. The, uh, the other thing that you mentioned was suicidal ideations, and that's mental health. And we live in a country which has an atrocious mental health delivery system. First of all, it's mostly cash. So even if you have insurance, you can't have access to it, and we don't have enough providers. Doctors don't ask enough questions and don't see how it relates to everything that's going on. As we go forward in medical education and we're doing these different things as we were discussing earlier, you're a trans experience. However, in our established electronic medical records, if you were to identify yourself as a woman, it would tell me to check your pap smear, your mammogram, and you know, get an ultrasound on your ovaries or get a blood test but it completely eliminates the fact that you have a prostate that we need to check on. So it has to be not just how we train, but what's out there and fix that. Regardless of your beliefs, these are human beings. We have to take care of all human beings. That's what, that's what our oath says. So how do we instill that in students? We instill that in students, how? Yeah, I think it, it's all about relationship. Um, uh, one personal example of mine, I've lived here in Las Vegas for six years and the first doctor that I went to I shared that I'm transgender and do you accept transgender patients and they didn't even know what that meant um so we're also not smart but because right either it's not taught or, or or whatever it may be but it's about relationship because sometimes you know some doctors you can go in and you're out in 15 minutes or you're there for an hour and you're seeing different nurses and you're, you're getting your blood drawn and you never even get to see the doctor um, and have that interaction with them. Um, at the clinic that I go to now, it's very inclusive. There's uh, LGBT employees that's working throughout the entire clinic. Um, they know my name, they know my pronouns. Um, they're very respectful of that. And the relationship that I have with the general practitioner or the nurse practitioner um, is a personal one. They, they know that I'm getting married soon. Um, Congratulations. Thank you. Having uh, been there for 41 years. Yeah. Just, like I told you, my wife says the best three years of her life. Right, right. Um, so it's just about having a personal relationship. Uh, some of them even follow me on, on social media, like uh, Instagram. So they know what's going on in my life and I know what's going on in theirs. So I think it's a matter of just having a, a personal relationship with your patients. It's not just about getting through as many patients as you can during the day. Um, and then I think going back to my- well, which, which I think is an incredibly important general rule yeah. for all physicians. But it's not practice. It's not practice. Yeah. I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, so that's why as an educator, as we form the future workforce, what do we need to emphasize to make sure that happens? To make sure that everybody is treated with respect, number one. Number two, with cultural humility. That if I'm not aware of something, I'm willing to learn from you. Because the bottom line is your health. And your health is just not your blood pressure. It incorporates everything around you. 
I could go to somebody and say, your blood pressure's great, your lipids are normal, your EKG's okay, you're healthy, except my house is in foreclosure, my spouse is leaving me, and my kids are opioid addicts. But besides that, I'm glad I'm healthy. And so all of these things, and those are the social determinants of life, all the different things that occur around us. And by the way, 80% of medical illnesses are non-biological in cause, biological or pathological in disease states. And so if we as physicians don't start learning and bringing together everything together for the patient, the patient suffers. Mm -hmm. So we have to do this by example. We have to make sure that the doctors that train them are trained on how to train them. So faculty development becomes very important. Because as you said, there's many doctors out there that don't know any of this. Right. And it's important that they do. If you could change the worst experience you had with a physician or a provider, what would that be? So the worst experience is that the doctor actually left. Um, I, I came in, um, it was my first time, um, and when they came in and I actually got to interview or got to talk to the doctor after going through, you know, many sessions with other nurses and whatnot. But as I was explaining my own personal medical needs, um, they were, I guess, so shocked by what they heard that they left for the day and didn't come back. And so that, you know, imagine what that leaves me feeling like. Um, I apologize for my profession. Thank you. Um, and, and that could have went a, a totally different, could have had a different outcome. Um, but to your point, like that's the worst that I had. So I think physicians need to understand. I think it's also point, incredibly disrespectful. It is. And we're people and we need to be respected and we have health needs that, that you know, just because something may seem new to you or that you've never heard of or you haven't been taught, you know, there's Google, there's, I'm, I'm sure there's a brotherhood or sisterhood of doctors and that you can rely on and get advice, you know, on different things. So, um, but I, I don't, I don't think that physician understood what they were doing to me by, um, by leaving for the day. Which is an extremely insensitive yes. thing. I mean, we're supposed to be empathetic. We're supposed to be humble. We're supposed to be compassionate. And that's the type of, you know, situation where people within the LGBTQ community, that's why we don't go to the doctor as much as we should do. That's why we self-medicate. So it's all a, a rolling ball going downhill when, when we're not respected at the doctor's office or at the clinic, then we self-medicate and then that does more harm to us. And then, you know, our health gets worse. And, you know. Well, it was very interesting. About 25 years ago in my practice, I'm a liver digestive disease specialist. So we were on the cutting edge of treatment for hepatitis C, which uh, about 20, 25 years ago, that was the leading cause of death in HIV patients on the East Coast. And I had a, what I thought was a normal amount of, at the time, gay patients. 
and transgender patients. I had about five of them. One of them told me one day, I asked him, I said, oh, how did you get my referral to come to see me? He goes, oh, no, you're gay friendly. And I had never heard that expression. And I, my response was, I hope I'm everybody friendly, you know. He goes, no, in the community, you know, this is what we were talking about. And it was interesting. First of all, I took it as a great honor to be considered friendly, you know, and, and at least open enough to see other individuals. But I couldn't understand how you could not be. How can you be a physician that treats people, but then judge them outside of the medical arena? That doesn't work. And that's what we got to get our young students to be thinking that they're not here to judge people beyond their medical ill or anything associated with it. If they lose their housing, guess what? Help them get housing or figure out a way to do that. It's not just about the liver or the heart or the lungs. Those are components of a much greater picture which goes outside the human body too and the surroundings. So we emphasize a lot the social determinants of health. As a matter of fact, we have our Genesis program that goes into community and there we deal not just with LGBTQ, but LGBTQ who come from impoverished backgrounds. And a lot of times I know in certain cultures, it's less accepted to be gay or LGBTQ than in others. Sure. And, in, and I saw that, I'm from the Caribbean, and that's not an uncommon thing in the Caribbean. So we used to have cases where we had a young Jamaican fellow who wanted to tell his parents, who was afraid to tell his parents they were gay. And there's a lot of homophobia that goes on, especially in their music and their club music, that we wanted to help him come out. But who was going to be there to support him when he got home? Or how do you deal with that conversation? Or how do you deal with an individual to come up with that conversation? Do you counsel uh, young men and women and how they should disclose this to their parents? Or yeah, um, definitely. Um, this last year, especially, I've, I've helped uh, high school students. I've helped um, a nine-year-old who was um, um, starting to uh, assign female at birth, but now identifies as a boy um, and, and wanted to use a, a new name and pronoun. And so I've been helping him as well. Um, I think, you know, for me, it's, it's part of my duty as someone who's older, who's been through some life experiences to help our younger people, especially with what's going you, on across you, you, you the You can't country. say older sitting next to me. Uh, yeah. Well, being more mature than they are. <laughs> um, but especially with what's going on across the country with the legislation that's targeting uh, LGBT people, especially kids, trans kids, um, you know, they're attacking the vulnerable people that can't defend themselves. And I'm in a position and I have a platform and a voice where I can speak up for them. Fantastic. And would you mind coming in and talking to our medical students? Yes. On how if somebody were to come in and say, you know, my parents are homophobic. You know, I identify as a woman or I'm a woman and I identify as a man. And they look at the doctor and say, what should I do? Well, most doctors aren't trained on what to do with that. So your advice and your teachings would be invaluable to us. Yeah, absolutely. I could do that. Okay, good. We'll get you an adjunct faculty position. Sure. There you go. <laughs> I don't think you can bill Medicare, but, you know. <laughs> the, uh, but it's all these different things that we need to learn that are also generational.
but are also very simple human things, acceptance of others. Uh, not, you know, somebody comes in, treat them with respect. One of the things we used to do in our practice, and we were subspecialty practice, I never let any doctor go out and get a patient. I never let a nurse get a patient. The doctor had to go out and get their own patient. And I never introduced myself as doctor, always as Joe, for a very simple reason. Why form a power differential? I'm a gastroenterologist. I'm dependent upon a history. You need to feel comfortable to talk to me. You know, and it's... And I've never been to a business meeting where they stick me in a gown and then in a room with pictures of diseases for 25 minutes with an instrument tray right next to me. You know, you go in, if I go to a business meeting, the person I'm meeting generally comes out and greets me. Why can't I do the same thing? You know, why should this have to be different? And so let's form that new physician of the future. Let's form that physician that really is there, not just to treat physical disease, but to treat the individual and all the surrounding things with it. Sure. Because you, once time somebody might come in and say, I need help with my, uh, my brother. He's gay and will talk to me, but he won't talk to my parents. What do I do? And I take these from real examples of a study we did, which was called Health Information Project, and we went to all the different schools, private and public, because they got rid of school nurses. And one of the biggest issues after depression and anxiety was I'm LGBTQ plus, but I can't tell anybody. So I'm thinking of committing suicide, just like you were saying. Because you have the stresses of being a teenager. You have the stresses of school. You have the stresses of just watching television. So let, let, let's get this to make everybody like you in the sense of, I'm going to listen to you. I'm just not going to talk to you. And so I think that's an important, important message. How, in pediatrics, what if a kid doesn't know if they feel as a woman or as a man, but they're fluctuating between that? What advice do you give them? You know, so um, my father passed away when I was three. My mom passed away when I was 19. Um, Thank you. Um, her and I never had that conversation, but I think she knew. Um, and one of my friends, and, and that's like one of my big regrets that I never came out to her. But one of my friends said, she, she's a mother of two herself, and she said parents, or mothers specifically, mothers know their kids. And so in your example, I think parents know their children and can see you know, if they are like maybe trending this way or that way um, and how to address them, how to talk to them. Um, in my situation with my mother, um, she caught me like wearing her clothes and makeup and she didn't confront me on it because as a child, she knew me. I was very introverted and shy and scared and whatnot. And her having that conversation probably would have did more harm than uh, actually helping me, even if she was, um, you know, trying to be supportive in that moment. So know your kids, um, know how to talk to them, and give them the freedom to express themselves. But also understand that with that, other kids aren't as nice. Bullying is real. Um, some schools, depending on what state you're in, 
you know, schools may not honor pronouns, may not honor their chosen name. Um, so you need to be aware of that yourself and also have your child be aware of that um, because there's backlash that comes from that, unfortunately. Yes. You know, it's interesting what you say about the mother in one of our prior shows. Uh, we were here with the uh, addiction. And the gentleman that was here was talking about how everything he had done as an addict, stealing from the family, et cetera, et cetera, and how if it wasn't for his mother, the only one in the family that actually thought he could get help, he never would have gotten it. He was rejected by every other member of his family. And so you're 100% correct with that. And uh, the, the reality is we need to make it better. We need to work together. And I'm really glad that you met, you met Dr. Brewster Cheryl and that she introduced us to you and to bring you here on the show. And I'm going to bring you on campus, too. Yeah, sure. So, you know, I'm not going to make you come in like an intern at 530 in the morning, <laughs> but when classes start. And even if we have groups, which we all medical schools do, so you're, we're going to have a group of LGBTQ plus, but it's not to be an insular group. It's to be a group just like all the other groups, the uh, Asian Pacific, the Hispanics, the, uh, all, all the groups that they talk to each other, that each understands what's going on. And that's where you get acceptance. I think the more diverse our classes, the more they will succeed. As long as we keep the tone that we're here to accept, you know, and try and make people's lives just that much better. Mm -hmm. um, what other suggestions would you have, especially improving the lives of LGBTQ plus in poor communities? Um, well, I'm African-American, and I think some of the biggest backlash that I've received in society has come from the African-American community. We have stereotypes and prejudices um, against the LGBT community. And so I felt that a lot. So I think, you know, in communities, we need to, we just need to love one another. We need to accept each other. Uh, we're not going anywhere. Um, and, you know, if you didn't want to love your kids, then don't have them, um, you know, to be blunt, you know, you can't, control if they're lesbian, gay, trans, bi. You can't control if they have autism or, or born with some type of childhood cancer or something like that. So when you have a child, that's your child, no matter what. Um, and I think parents um, tend to lose fact of that, uh, especially in uh, impoverished uh, communities. With all the stresses they have, so we need to go in and support and support the parents to support the children. All right, I asked you at the beginning, you told me to tell me what it is. What is a senior paid search specialist at Caesars Entertainment? Okay, so the easiest way I can explain it is, uh, I'm sure, if not you, then everybody else here. Have you ever gone on Google and you've searched for a pair of pants, a pair of shoes, a tie? You didn't buy it right then, but like the next day, that tie, those shoes, those pants, that purse is in your email. Uh, it's on Facebook. Uh, it just follows you all over the internet. Well, that's what I do uh, with Caesars, with hotels. So um, people search for Caesars hotels here in Las Vegas. 
They may not be ready to, to book right now, but we'll follow them on Facebook. We'll follow them on their Gmail account just to remind them that, hey, you know, we're here. We have a special offer for you. So uh, we, I just basically advertise on Google. Okay. So you're a casino stalker? Yes. Okay. Yes, just, I just don't deny it. that right. <laughs> I don't deny it. Listen, we're about ready to end up the show here. Is there any other comments you'd like to make? Um, yeah, so specifically for, for your students coming in, um, this isn't new. Some people think, you know, transgender health is a new thing. Transgender people have been here since the beginning of time. Um, we're just more empowered and emboldened to come out and be ourselves now. And so you will have transgender patients deal with it, uh, accept it, embrace it. Um, because to your point earlier, we talk. So if you are uh, transgender friendly, lesbian friendly, uh, gay friendly, bisexual friendly, queer friendly, all of that, um, we will steer more patients your way. <laughs> but, um, you know, it, it, this isn't new and your patients uh, will appreciate you even more if you take the time to educate yourself um, on our health. Soleil McCants, the Community Hero of the Year. It has been such a pleasure and an honor to have you on the show. And we will continue in communications as you're going to help us educate. Sure. Thank you so much. And when are you getting married? Halloween. Halloween. Yeah. That's an interesting day. On the high roller, if you know where that. <laughs> oh, uh, really? Big Ferris wheel. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, anyways, congratulations. Thank you. I'd ask you where you're going for your honeymoon, but that's supposed to be a secret. No. That's Paris. not. We're going to Paris. Oh, how nice. Yeah. All you got to do is walk across the street. Oh, that's the hotel. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Listen, with that, it's a true pleasure. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. And it's very cool that you're from Detroit. With that... It's Cuba Pete saying goodbye from another session, and we'll see you next time. Thank you. They call me Cuban Pete. I'm the king of the rumba beat. When I play the maracas, I go chick, chicky, boom, chick, chicky, boom.